from the top of the charts to the dusty $1 bin and everything in between, it's time for another review on Life to Labyrinth. Every once in a while there's like basically a thing that's like, yeah, new uh, bot goes out and infects shitloads of Max and no one's really sure how it's doing it. <laughs> Might say it, yeah. <laughs> All the ladies that bought Macs because they're pretty and wanted a Mac aren't probably even really noticing. My computer seems slow. There we go. Well, welcome back to another episode of Life Labyrinth Podcast. My name is Bryn. I'm Angie. And Angie's brother, Ben. Yay. Our rent is Steven is back for another week. <laughs> And we let him come back because he suggested an album for us to listen to. And you can't suggest an album without coming back and bearing the the results of that decision that you've inflicted <laughs> on other people. And isn't it great that we have a third person? I mean, we always need a third person. Yes. Because we would never, we would never have listened to this. Never. No one would have pitched <laughs> this. I feel like if it's the Brit and Angie show, it's like... I know what's being lobbed back and forth, but this, <laughs> no ma'am. Welcome back to way. our eight part zero seven series. <laughs> yeah. Alice in Chains. Now we're going to listen to Moist. Now Nirvana. Yes. Now, yeah, it's like, I know I can see the trajectory. <laughs> Stay tuned as next week as we continue to dive deeper into the music we listen to in high school. <laughs> yeah. It would be like, yeah, it's about listening to new music, but we would make it. We're just going to re-listen to all the music that we're just in love <laughs> We're going to listen to all the albums from the bands that we haven't listened and to yet. And that is yeah. why I chose this album. Just to throw that curveball that you guys have back me. <laughs> For 100%. I was actually thinking at one point of suggesting Swollen Members, which is what we listened to this past week at Ben's suggestion. Although, because I naturally go to safe places, I would have selected the album that had Bring It Home on it. Yeah. So, I'm glad that you kicked it in a different direction. So, as much as we were talking earlier about Final Space, and I have no idea if that recorded because we had a technical issue on my end. Let's just jump into the album, and if we get back to Final Space, cool. And if we don't, cool. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so, Ben, what's your history with Swollen Members? Why'd you pick it, other than to just troll your sister? And uh, well, that was 90% of it, so... No, I'm just kidding. Um, I saw... Angie brought me to Swollen Members when I was, like, eight or nine years old. When we, I won Snow Jam tickets on the radio, and I have been in love with them ever since, because it was, like, the first time I've ever been introduced to, like, literally any rap music. Okay. Or R&B, hip-hop, whatever. And they killed it with Nelly Furtado, and it was so cool, so much fun. Um, I blew up a condom thinking it was a balloon when I was nine, and Angie was like, what the fuck are you doing? She won't remember that, but that happened. And don't waste those. Don't waste those. <laughs> I don't remember any of those. I think you went with your weird, with your, I mean, your boyfriend, Andrew, Robin, Robin Clark, our, your good friend. Okay. Oh my gosh. Shout out to Robin Clark. We love you, Robin. Wow. We love and miss you wherever you went. Yeah. But we respect your space. We won't come try and find yeah. you. <laughs> Did you not also see Swollen Members in Peterborough? Yeah, twice. 
saw them in Ottawa once, and I saw them in Oshawa as well. <laughs> I mean, Oshawa. obviously they're massive if they're playing Oshawa. Well, so it, no, it was all small. Oshawa, the poor man's. It Ottawa. was their small. <laughs> so it was 2014 and okay. uh, or 2013, sorry. And this album had just come out. And they, what they were doing... This album being, we haven't mentioned it yet. Beautiful I Death I mean, Machine. I mean to cut in. Beautiful Death Machine. From 2013. Yeah, so I went and saw them, their release. I saw them at the release party. And what they did was pick really small venues that they've like played when they were first getting big. And they replayed a bunch of those smaller venues. Which was friggin' sweet. Was Mocha only back with them? Uh, no, but they did have a gang of, like, uh, their crew, which is the Battle Axe Warriors. Okay. And they did have a bunch of people that, like, they had Opener, who was awesome. He played, like, bluesy, jazzy music. And I actually bought his album that night, too, because it was that good. And, yeah, they just ripped it. It was so much fun. There was only, like, I don't know, 75, like, 100 people at this bar. But it was all people who have the same obsession with swollen members that I do all wearing battle axe warrior shit like I I found out I was not even a big fan compared to some of these guys like not even close was their fandom kind of like juggalos almost, almost where yes. the rest of us are living our lives completely unaware that there's this massive fandom yeah underground straight up they all have studded uh, leather jackets that have battle axe warriors that they probably paid too much money for that's great. I like when Canadian bands have cult followings that, like, nowhere in the world. They're the second <laughs> best-selling rap hip-hop group in um, all of Canadian history other than Drake. I read that, actually, wow. and I was shocked. And we'll get into it, but I went down a very intense Canadian hip-hop wormhole today. Was it fun? That I mean, I was working. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I was definitely not. <laughs> I'm I'm so uncool when you were like second biggest R&B uh, rap artist in Can Canada Canadian history. I was like Cardinal Officio. <laughs> yeah, but you would. That's a great guess. After what I've learned today, that's a great guess. Yes, he is Thank you. He was on Find Much Music search for a new VJ some oh, years ago. Oh, really? I loved that show. That was that was sort of like a flash in the pan thing that Much Music did. Anyway, completely different story. I watched that stuff at Grandma's house because yeah. it was the only place we had cable. <laughs> yep. Much Music at Grandma's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say probably Cardinal Official is probably the third best selling. If I'm like just taking a stab at it, I would say you were you were in the ballpark with that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I, I completely forgot about Drake. That's how uncool I am. Well, He's like the biggest artist on Spotify, and I'm just like, what's his name again? You know what? I I ignored all the Drake shit because every time I hear a Drake song, I open mind. I just want let Jesus take the wheel and infiltrate <laughs> me with this Canadian goodness that I'm going to understand. And fuck, is it bad? Like, it's bad. Oh yeah. It's just spoiled kid rap. But it's just shitty. It's I don't know, we were driving around Hamilton and I was like with I was with my partner and I was like, "Okay, Drake is coming on. I really I'm ready. I'm ready to take I'm ready." And we were I think we had to change the station after maybe six lines. It was just shitty. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sorry the world. It's good. It's good for the Drake... clubs. It's good for the clubs. 
you know, in T dot. I don't even know what that means. It's, it's a club. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, got it. Is that a word? (laughs) That's what my friends and I call it because we only go once every three years. The club. Nice. The club. Your friends being senior citizens at work? That's right. I take those motherfucking (laughs) geriatrics out to have a good time. They're out past 9 p.m. There's a good time for everyone in Toronto. I got to be honest. Uh, You couldn't pay me to live there, but there's a good time for everyone in Toronto. Oh, my God. My best... My best night of nonstop partying happened in Toronto. I can't go into details, but it lasted like 12 what? hours. <laughs> I, uh, I, like I've got one of those stories too, Ange. Don't you worry. Oh boy, I didn't know after hours clubs existed until that happened and it blew my mind. Dude, Rebel nightclub. After hours clubs, bottle service with a bunch of like real estate ladies. <laughs> Hell yeah. I went to this pool. Now it sounds funny, but those ladies were fucking high rolling bitches, man. I'll tell you. <laughs> They had money. They were like millionaire homes, real estate ladies. They weren't mm, fucking around. Selling Toronto Sunset. Yeah, they were baller. They were like massively baller. So it's on the surface, it's like I hung out with a bunch of like real estate. Stay out the west side. Like, no, like these these ladies no. were baller straight up. That's awesome. But yes. Um, that's a completely different podcast. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So, Stolen Members, so it sounds like you have a really long history with this band. Like, I literally only ever heard Bring It Home on the radio when it was popular. And then from my point of view, Swollen Members evaporated back to where from wherever they came before that song was Well, released. in 2009, they literally did evaporate. Um, they got kicked off their la- like the label. They weren't allowed to like air their music because Mad Child had affiliations with the Hell's Angels, um, and that was his oh. deepest, no deepest, darkest times for like doing a lot of drugs. And like that's how he got affiliated through drugs, and like he just started like probably selling or something for them along the lines. Okay. Wow, I'm so impressed now. That's great street cred. Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> he like literally did all the drugs, started selling for the Hell's Angels. And then was like, oh, uh, we can't affiliate with you anymore. I'm sorry. And it's his own fucking independent label. And they're like, you can't, we can't have you. (laughs) Oh, no. Some of us have families, man. Oh, boy. (laughs) But it made him reboot himself and they've made a few albums. And honestly, I've liked every album they made past the 2009. (laughs) I've never heard someone getting cleaned up as being called he rebooted himself <laughs> sorry, sorry. We, we, good one i am sorry ben i don't remember going to snow jam i don't remember seeing swollen members live i'm sure it was great but i what a weird it was a weird band for me to get into but i i still to this day on my playlist is fuel injected deep end and bring it home and i have an obsession with bring it home and stay with me for a second it samples a song from the pink panther that henry mancini did all the music to that i'm a little freakishly obsessed with so it uh that song i love when people sample music and do crazy things to it and i think i probably put it together after that that was a song I already liked but at the time I was just 100% purely into like rock whatever whatever and this band was just kind of doing something totally different and very different for the Canadian scene 
I mean, who else was at Snow Jam? Gob. Biff Naked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, like, all that kind of alt-rock, like, we know what we're getting. And then Swollen Members is doing... What? Like, but, what? But, this okay, is so but we different. were at a rock show, and they got the crowd moving. Like, people were into it, which was so cool. But that's what I yeah. mean. It seemed like out of my kind of... I keep using the term wheelhouse on this. It's so weird. Wheelhouse. Roadhouse. Um, <laughs> I They just were doing... They had kind of a different sound, and it was, I guess... Um, accessible like a little bit more accessible hip-hop for the people who aren't going you know deep into it they just had a cool fucking sound and bring it home is i would nominate it as one of the greatest catchy canadian tunes <laughs> if i had to i would it's definitely an earworm oh boy. you could hear it you could hear it once and sing the hook for the rest of your life I haven't yeah. heard that song in 20 years or however long it's been since it came out. Bet you know every And year. to this day, <laughs> I definitely never did. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's it's not gone. Like, you know, the whole swollen always brings, brings it in. Home. Swollen always brings it home. Like, yeah. Like, it might as well be fabric land, fabric land. Like, I know it. It's never going to be gone. <laughs> and I will always remember the Swollen Members because of that. They're, I love how they got named. Well, I presume it's about genitals. Yeah, but no, like, it was Mocha. But he made a joke. Mocha right? only was just cracking a joke with them. He's like, we should be Swollen Members when they were, like, high as fuck. And then, then it turned up. They're like, we like it. We like it a lot. But there's a lot of bands named after penises. Is can we talk and about, albums? Yeah. Is, and movies. Finger Eleven is that? Yeah. A penis? That's a, that, that's a penis. Is it? I always it's, presumed. It's not about the finger lakes. <laughs> not likely. Not likely. Oh, sweet Angela. Sweet, sweet Angela. I have bad news for you about Donkey Punch, too. Oh. It has nothing to do with Donkey Kong. No, Donkey Punch. I, I think they changed their band name, though. I like the Butthole oh, yeah, Surfers. Nothing to do with they Donkey were Kong. lots of fun. Uh, Rainbow, that is a good thing. Also, before Finger Eleven, it was Rainbow Butt Monkeys. Everybody also, get up on the dance floor. Yeah, also a good name. That's This is, again, a completely different episode. <laughs> Swollen members, what did you guys actually think of this album? We were talking about okay. the old stuff, but what did you actually think of this album? This album, Beautiful Death Machine. Angie, you might as well take it. I'm just talking. Okay, so I don't crazy get along with rap music because I get out of breath and I get anxious listening to it. I talked about this on Cupcake. For some reason, I they're like talking really fast and I'm like holding my breath because I'm concerned about their breath work and it causes a reaction that's a little bit ridiculous. When I learn how to breathe, I can enjoy it a little bit more, but... It's hard to listen to at work because I can't write an email because I'm like, oh, eight ball hit with a paintball. Ah, that's not part of this email. And <laughs> smart. And if I hear something like one of the songs, if I hear something that doesn't rhyme, it really pisses me <laughs> off. And I don't know why. I was raised by Dr. Seuss, I, I guess. I and if it doesn't rhyme. I feel the same way. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like, what? You had one job to make that flow and you just fucking fucked it up. So 
My favorite thing that I thought I was going to like about this are the songs that have the cool hooks, that have the lady singing, that have this crazy Egyptian whatever feel to it. The songs that were just a little less add-ons and just straight rap, it's just, it... Yeah. It loses it for me because it's, it just, I don't know what I'm listening to. I'm just listening to a guy run out of breath. (laughs) The first song I felt was super repetitive, eh? The first one on the album, the intro. Inception, Darker Side, Interlude. Oh, I and I did love the little interlude things, and I think that's really smart to break it up because when you're listening to the full thing, not that I listen to it from start to finish, because as I was saying, saying earlier, I had about 3,000 headaches and migraines this week. I don't know what's happening. I'm dying. It's a tumor. And I didn't listen to the whole thing. No other thing. possible explanation. No other. And the interlude, I think, was actually a really smart thing because... It, it just broke it up and it made you kind of re, like retune and be like, oh shit, what's happening now? This is cool. This is different. This is fun. This is not something I normally hear. Well, it's cool that they actually named it too because there's lots of albums that do that kind of like little interlude thing between songs, but they kind of don't acknowledge it. It's just like a thing that's there. Yeah, they were very loud about it. They're like, welcome to this interlude. I mean, but Bryn, what did you think about it? I kind of have the opposite issue with you that you have with rap music where I I don't focus on the words. I get so focused on the backing track, the samples, the loop, the music, that it just kind of becomes ambience to me. I listen to it a little bit while working, but it's difficult for me to listen to rap music it's just so busy when mm-hmm. i'm trying to work yeah and like like you said like it's impossible to like write emails or ticket notes or anything like that with that many words kind of being like hollered at you at the same time but i found like when i was driving around i went for some drives to see uh this week just kind of at night just to like, get out of the house do something different and i put this album on and it kind of wasn't quite loud enough at times and i just kind of just had the backing track it was like the words and like their voices just kind of became part of the musical like wall of sound almost or like the soundscape of the whole thing and i just found myself just like nodding my head just like totally jamming out to it not paying attention to anything that they were saying every once in a while i'd be like he said obi-wan kenobi <laughs> or, oh that's another star wars reference <laughs> so every once in a while i'd like i'd pick out these little things that like you know sparked something that's another interest of mine or something like that but i think my issue with rap is that especially stuff like this where they're rapping really quickly is i don't really put the effort into trying to figure out what they're saying and I get, and because I listen to so much ambient music now when I'm working, I'm just, I'm constantly listening to like trap beats or loops or whatever, just as like background music in my headphones when I'm at work, that I find that I, I focus on that. And much the same as when we talked about the gorillas, when Steven and I did, I found the, the whole time I was like, I wish that I could get a copy of this album without the rapping on it. Where I could just get all the backing tracks. I was like, I would listen to the shit out of that because there's some really cool stuff. There's some like songs that are like 8-bit. There's songs that like have these like weird, really weird like synthesizer samples like in Juggernaut and stuff. And there's all these like, and then there's all these like cool things that happen musically. I have no idea where any of these samples come from, which I'm kind of bummed about. Rob the Viking is amazing. Yo, I'm sure Rob the Viking has all those samples and all that stuff like on, he's got his own website. Okay. Oh, I didn't check it out. But that's my issue with rap, especially especially rap that goes this fast. 
And I, I don't really, and again, when I listen to the words, I don't relate to it. I didn't grow up like that. I'm a white kid from Elmont, Ontario, right? Like I don't, my parents worked for the federal government in Canada. Like I don't relate to the things that these things that the guys are saying. That said, when I listen to it around my kids, because I don't really care about listening to anything around my kids per se, although I did make an exception for Cupcake, they kept, they'd be like, oh, bad word, bad word. Oh, funny. Bad word. My daughter Elliot was like, "Why are they swearing so much?" Did it hear? Did they? Your kids hear the part about want, like slaughtering kids and abortion and shit? <laughs> I don't recall. I don't. They didn't hear the whole. Well, album, I, I, I didn't even remember that part. that part. I. I don't. I don't remember that part at all. So that's a uh, river monster. I believe. I think the problem with rap music is that I think the artistry is all in the words and I try and listen and then three seconds later I feel out of breath and I'm having a stroke and I'm doing something else. (laughs) Whereas I think Ben, I know you and Bryn, uh, Ben is also born and raised in Elmont and he totally relates to this music on a really deep level. but I think it's His parents work for the provincial government. That's so right. That's right. <laughs> Teachers, kids, we're the fucking Teachers worst. Kids. No, but I, I think that a lot of um, the art is in the words. And I, I, you know, I can't listen to that many words. That's that's a mission. There's more words in this album than I say in a week. Yeah. I mean, I loved I like I wrote down they wrote. They rhymed eight ball with paintball, which I just thought was so funny. I don't know why. Yeah, like, I liked that one too. And I really I like liked too. the sound of difference, which had that kind of super old school hip hop feel. And I was like, yes, oh, I'm into it. I'm into it. I don't know what the fuck they're saying. That's my favorite track. Yeah. That's it, my favorite track. It's got a good hook to it. Yeah. And it's just chill. It just sounds like they're having a good time. You know, it's just like you're in the backyard having a barbecue, fucking put that track on. Awesome. Yeah, a little bit more lighter than the River Monster where you're like, mm. oh, oh, yeah, it gets a little nutsy. <laughs> yeah. And He's obviously battling some demons in that song. And I noticed, I think, on Juggernaut where like a bunch of lines don't rhyme and then they do. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah, the, there was definitely. I was more into the music on that one, though. Bugged me as well more into the music yeah like britain said earlier i was totally it for that one it was into like the crazy bass beats and stuff yeah. like that that they were i was all about rob the viking in that track i didn't really pay attention to the words as much so i didn't know that the band was canadian what? <laughs> nope vancouver british columbia yeah i definitely knew they were canadian because i know they were kind of like a small not small. I think they were big in Canada. It's like when we were talking about Atlantis, right? Like, I have no idea if this band was popular when Bring It Home came out everywhere or it was just on the radio in Canada all the time. I don't know. I never oh, looked into it. They were big in the States. Mad Child is huge in the States. But Swollen Members didn't make it big in the States. Like, they didn't. No, but Mad Child did. Okay. Mad Child did, though. Um, because I'll just give you a little synopsis of my research today of Canadian hip-hop. <laughs> Do you remember the song Let Your Backbone Slide? So that was Maestro Fresh, Fresh West, now just Maestro. That was the first Canadian hip-hop track to ever murder it in the charts. And I love Shout it. out to DJ Maestro. Yep. <laughs> and that was in 1990. And then there was like Dream Warriors. I don't know if you know that song. My Definition. 
my definition is this. If you haven't heard that song, it's really great. But there is like a black hole from any kind of like hip hop presence that got successful in Canada until the late 90s with Northern Touch. And even then, Northern Touch is a collaboration of Cardinal Official, Rascals, Chocolaire, Thrust. And it's like those people are kind of got on the map for success of hip hop in Canada. And then there hasn't been a whole lot until Classified Chaos Canon. And I was reading all about how there was no, you know, radio stations committed to that type of music. And there was... It was annoying. And the Junos had like the rap prize, what am I trying to say, awards given out as not part of the main, like Juno Awards Night. And I met like the Rascals won and they couldn't even go up on stage. So they made a big deal about going up and being like, oh, we got an award, yada, yada, yada. So there hasn't been a, like a ton. And when I was reading the history of this, Swollen members like didn't even register on that kind of commercial success, which surprised me because that fucking song was, you know, I thought pretty big. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Well, that was my history lesson. I'm glad you guys really were fucking excited about it. (laughs) Well, it's... It's just upsetting. Like, uh, like, like you said, like the radio station's not playing it. That was a bummer for me. I had to go and get all my back alley rap through buying this, all the CDs or downloading it illegally off LimeWire. And I never, it was never just like publicly out there. And apparently it's super hard for a Canadian hip hop rap, anything to do anything in the States. And there was a oh, quote I, that I, was like, Americans just like American shit. Like don't, don't come and compete with us in this type of music. Like, don't bother. Except for Drake. It, well, <laughs> for Drake. you know, shit rises to the top. <laughs> Sorry, Drake. I think Drake Drake is like an anomaly. And it's like, did Drake become famous because he's Drake? Or did Drake become famous because he had that affiliation with Justin Bieber? Oh, I thought he was got famous because he was at uh, fucking Degrassi. That could be part of it as well. But uh, my, my understanding is, is that Drake and Justin Bieber were becoming famous at the same time and Justin Bieber exploded and Drake kind of went shortly thereafter. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. I don't want to totally like shit on Drake. The I don't know. I feel like I've listened to one song he does with Rihanna I think is catchy. He dances really badly to that song about the cell phone. That's good. That's a good time. Yeah. In in, in like in the club setting, it uh it it is good for that. That's like mainly what it's really made for. Yeah, I'm sure there's catchy stuff. I don't know anything about it. I'm just talking out of my ass. When other DJs remix it and make it like sound cool as fuck, then it, then that's when it's at its best. Yeah, sure. I can see there being... I just, like, when I hear just a, hey, this is a Drake song on the radio, it's like, what is anywho? I'm pretty sure I've only heard Drake songs in clothing stores. Yeah, uh, I only hear it on radio stations when I'm in, like, on trips, because I would never listen to that radio station here. Yeah, I just run Spotify if I'm going on a road trip or anything like that. It's probably a failing of mine these days to never turn the radio on. And maybe I should start. I still listen to the radio. Now that we're doing this podcast, but it's like, I get in the car and I'm either listening to the album of the week for the podcast or I'm listening to another podcast. I don't, I think at some point I took the battery out of my car to change it and I never bothered to reprogram my radio stations. Mm. 
I just set the clock and carried on with my life. I don't think there's any even program radio stations in my car anymore, and there hasn't been for like two years. It's not to say that there's like a lot of good stuff on the radio, but one thing I do like doing when I'm like traveling in Toronto and Hamilton, because we go down all the time for the boys' work, like I, I like to see what people are listening to and just for fun. That's cool. I should do that more. There's some cool Jamaican and like Jamaican and Latin and like different like cool, really cool ethnic music coming from uh, Toronto and surrounding area that's real catchy and you're like, oh shit. I wish this yeah. was in Ottawa, but it's not because we're shit. <laughs> oh, I'm in Edmonton, brother. As, as oh, much as it's sorry. trendy to I'm so shit sorry. On- I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> 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 what has brought you there and why did you stay? Yes. It's the mall. It's, it's gotta be the just mall, the mall. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh it's like, well, uh, I came here because I knew people that were here and I had a couch to stay on, and these days I just say I stopped one province too soon. Mm-hmm. Although I do remember you trying to talk me out of it, Angie. You were like, You wanna go to Alberta? Conservative Alberta? Is that yeah. where you wanna go? You I would say the same thing today. <laughs> you gave me a whole dressing down about it. And when we finally had our NDP election, the first non-conservative government in 40 years, I did pour some out for you. But it lasted four years and the conservatives were voted back in again. And not just the conservatives, the United Conservative Party, which is provincial of politics, which means nothing to anybody that listens anywhere outside of Alberta. So I'll just drop it. But they're trash. Alberta's known for being a little, just a tiny little bit, a little country backwater sometimes in some places. It's quite often referred to as the Texas of Canada. Oh, I, you know what? I'm deep into Yellowstone right now. It's a show on Amazon. I mean, not Amazon. I hate Amazon. I don't know why I have it. But Jungle website. Kevin Costner, bringing it back. I'm totally into this weird cowboy shit that I never thought I'd be interested in. It's not my thing. Anyways, highly recommend. I'm embarrassed about how I just watched three seasons of it very quickly. Hey, no, no shame at all. No shame. TV, TV watching is about whatever you want. I I only judge people who watch The Bachelor, but apparently there's shitloads of people who watch that show. I don't know how people do it. I find it so depressing and upsetting, and the one time I was at someone's house where they like made me watch it, I got physically, like, I was pissed. There were lots of yelling at the TV moments. <laughs> I love trashy reality TV. When I found Ice Road Truckers and Deadliest Catch on streaming services that I subscribe to, I definitely watched it again, even though I'd watched it before. That's not I didn't that care. Trashy. That's not That's trashy. Like I can watch Storage Wars for 15 hours straight. I can forget <laughs> a whole weekend if it's on. When we go to hotels and I find the OLN network and it's on nonstop, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I, lo- I used to like Storage Wars a lot, too. I've never been able to get into The Bachelor. I've never been able yeah. to get into, like, singing competition nope. shows. Oh, I like The Voice. I- I've never gotten into The Voice. I've never. I've seen a few episodes of, like, Masked Singer. Nope. That's dumb. That's the worst show on television. <laughs> America's Got Talent. I got into it a little bit. Like, it depended on the season. I don't know. I just, like, phony love shows. I think mm. the only one I ever watched was, like, Flavor of Love with Flava Flav. <laughs> <laughs> which was amazing <laughs> but i like i mentioned before on the podcast good. i've watched uh you know i've watched surreal life throwback to surreal life and all of that so at angie stag and doe for her wedding i had a huge clock and i was flavor flavor because it was like a 
80s. 80s, 90s throwback. Was your stag and doe themed? Yeah, 80s. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was pretty badass. All right. Uh, sorry, I missed that. It was late 80s for me. <laughs> I I think people that want to be on like The Bachelorette are just a bunch of narcissistic, dumb, drama-seeking. I can't. Like, I can't. I can't. I don't know. I can't do it. I can't do the fake love shows. I can do just about anything else. Stress. Yeah. Anyway. Swollen members. Swollen. Back to that. Always. Always. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Oh. Bax. Uh, B-A-X-W-A-R. Bax War. Song three. Um, I thought that. Yeah, I thought that was the most like some of their older songs. Uh, yeah. That was, was like, the one I always skipped. Interesting. Oh, yeah? I liked the Rob the Viking, what he did. It felt like some of the older stuff that they've done, and it brought me back hmm. to an older Swollen. That's just me. <laughs> I just wish they added more Henry Mancini to their songs. Can we just get back to that uh, spot? <laughs> See, I, I found that like the first most of the album first most of the album <laughs> i thought about this ahead of time <laughs> that sounds um, like a measurement <laughs> first most yes <laughs> you're gonna want to do is get the first most of that um i found that like i found most of it really harsh to listen to at the beginning i was like i never got through the whole album as a as a as a block which is rare for me usually i, I usually get through everything once yeah i even got through cupcake's whole album i did once. it <laughs> I did it. Um, I tried, and I think part of the issue was that I a didn't really have anywhere to drive that was particularly long, and b I wasn't listening to this at work so much. Yeah, it's hard. Honestly, I could never listen to it at work. Imagine your residence. <laughs> Turn this off. Make me get up <laughs> and make throat, and there's a nutsack to swallow or some shit like that. Oh, You're like, oh god. But I found that the again i was sort of focusing on backing tracks not even admit like intending to but when i got to like almost famous and death warrant i was just like yes this has a good pocket yeah. like almost the 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 loop on almost famous is really good and death warrant i found the same and like i know you guys like, didn't, really... didn't pay attention to like the lyrics and stuff for that but that one was like he was like, I tried to go off on my own, and then I, I really think I like need you guys, like my support system and shit, which mm -hmm. was really cool, like bringing it all back to Swollen Members, because he had gone off and done a bunch of solo stuff previously. Oh yeah. So it was really cool. It was like, I need you guys, like I'm a part of this, and let's make some more fucking music. And I was like, yes. For me, that was huge. Wouldn't it have been fun to listen to it with subtitles? <laughs> <laughs> Like just across the like you know bouncing ball that uh, that might be fun. Ball be like. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I can carry you. Prevail, here. prevail. I find you can actually hear his lyrics a lot better. I'm surprised you guys like he was pretty well enunciated. No, I it wasn't that I couldn't hear it. It was just like really fast, and you have to really focus on it. You know, like I can't. Yeah, I don't need. I make up lyrics at the best of times when I heard the song a hundred times. So, and it's not something I can sing along to. So I'm not being like, oh, like it's not. Yeah, there's no tune. Yeah, but there's they were super clear, and I, that's what I actually did appreciate. It is it, you know, if I did listen, I knew there were words that I understood. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I think with rap, like you say, because there's no sort of melody to it. It's almost like trying to read Asian characters for me. Like if I look at Spanish or German or something, because it's our alphabet, it makes a sound in my head. Right. If I look at Asian characters, it doesn't make a sound in my head. It's just nothing. Yeah. And I find with rap, trying to like 
keep it in my head and trying to like like connect with the music in a musical way and and if that makes sense because I th there's no melody to what they're saying i think that's why i'm connecting so much with what's in the background and with these guys i'm connecting with swollen always brings it home because they do have melody to that part of it mm -hmm. i don't remember the rest of it and i didn't bother to go back and listen to it as part of this because i didn't want to get stuck on it but a lot of that old 90s rap and stuff that i can i can rattle off it has sort of a little melody to it and i find that perhaps maybe that's my biggest issue it's almost like trying to read chinese characters for me there's just no sound in my head it's the same for me it's the hook that makes it different it's maybe the chorus that gets sung or something like that like that's what i can you know get into yeah it is it is hard to just sometimes get into the constant verbiage mm -hmm. that is rap yeah that's like when i first started listening to swollen their catches and their you know uh lady venom and like stuff like that there was things being sung but when i re-listen to it i re-listen to i try to really focus on the actual rap and i'm like man these guys have gone through some shit yeah uh, like i know i can't really say i've gone through some shit i really haven't compared to them at all even remotely but i can feel their struggle and stuff like they were going through and and I can appreciate that. And I try to do that with... I listen to a lot of rap, though. So, like, I've got a full, like, 14 hours of playlist for my rap. So, and... But a lot, I, I do like a lot of Canadian stuff, too, which is a lot of underground stuff that's coming out now, which is sweet. You would probably enjoy talking with Steven if he could have joined us on this episode. Because mm -hmm. as much as Steven, uh, Steven's bingo card has punk rock as a free space, he listens to a lot of rap. Nice. It's not something that he's really talked about on the podcast too much, except when I guess Cupcake. we did Gorillas and Cupcake. But he listens to a lot of rap, and it's unfortunate that he's not here for this episode. Um, I was kind of hoping when I told, when I put it in the Discord that we were doing this album, that he might actually have time to listen to it and send some notes about how he, what he thought about it. But he's just, uh, he's too wrapped up in the situation that's going on in his home right now. I remember for Cupcake we were like, D is this a good rap album? Does it make a good <laughs> rap album? Tell yeah. us about <laughs> rap albums. It was like, yeah. it felt, I felt stupid. I still do. It's okay. It's not about being stupid. It's about not having the desire maybe or the the excuse to get into something you know i like some old school rap but there's a pretty big difference between listening to old snoop dogg records and like salt and pepper and stuff and this like obviously this couldn't exist without that but i i struggle to get past the mid 90s when it comes to rap and i do kind of want to take like little bites i think of swollen members on occasion and really kind of dive into the lyrics because some I, there were a few that i like laughed out loud for when i heard them i won't repeat them because they're actually kind of shitty but <laughs> i think they're probably really good like the lyrics are funny and smart and whatever so i i do want to like not full album it but kind of just yeah. do a little bit don't quote me but i'm pretty sure prevail is like super well educated i think he has like a phd or something along those yeah lines. there's usually yeah. like smart messages i just like you know hear the first sentence and then i'm like man i and also this is the worst type of music to listen to when you have 800 headaches in one week like it's yeah, no, such a no focus where you're like i'm gonna focus oh my god no <laughs> <laughs> 
but I will, I definitely will jump back and, and listen to, especially the songs that have the sweet hook. Yeah. Did you go for like a walk and like listen to it, Angie? I never listen to music when I walk. That's podcast what? time. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I mix, well, for the last two weeks, I've been switching it up and actually listening to the albums again, because that's the main time I listen to music, right. is when I'm walking. And uh, it is great to walk to. You're I just, bet. Like, so amped up. Yeah, you're right. I <laughs> did like 12,000, like, no, not kilometers, sorry. Step. 12,000 steps in a Jesus walk Christ. without even thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I walked to BC. <laughs> and back. Well, then, and back. I like to be Twice. hearing about murders and missing people and limbs being found when I'm going on a walk fairly often. <laughs> Nothing yeah, makes sure. a woman feel like, safe when she's walking alone, like hearing about <laughs> violence in yeah. her ear. Oh my god, especially the Nygaard one. Dude from Winnipeg, <laughs> holy shit. He's a piece of shit. P.O.S. Yeah, well, King of Diamonds, which was the fourth track, I believe. Yep. Sure is. That was the, that was the grimiest song. That was the <laughs> one talking about, like, abortion and, like, killing and, like, just... It, like, obviously it was about someone that they were mad at, because... Apparently there was some sort of beef going on in the Canadian rap industry, which a rap beef them the and themselves. <laughs> Kidding. It, it's it's Alberta beef, you know. Uh, um, but uh, sorry. Good one. Ooh. <laughs> I'll send you a bumper sorry. sticker. That one had it. That <laughs> I heart Alberta province shaped cow. That's funny that that was the shittiest one because I wrote "What You See Is What You Get" as like the the catchiest part of the song. So it's I love that you're like, oh, the lyrics are really dark, and I was probably like, "What you see is what you get," what you like know. just bopping aimlessly, and it's like it's terrible things. But that was my favorite track for the Rob the Viking, like the DJing, because he did a lot of scratching and yeah. stuff, bringing it back to like the old school feel. But who could they be in a beef great. with? Like there, there is five other people in the Canadian hip hop world. Well, I have no idea. I, I yeah, <laughs> I tried to find out. I think it was because uh, Mad Child was getting mixed in with like a bunch of drug addicted like rap people. And I think they're talking, they're trying to like diss him and talk trash for being sober. So I think it was something along the, it was probably just local Vancouver bullshit. Got it. So the last song, Fear, featuring Snack the Ripper. Do you know anything about Snack the Ripper? <laughs> That's my snacking name. Yeah. That's my he, food he name. He is a, my bedroom name. He is a battle axe <laughs> warrior. He is a battle axe warrior. So he is signed by them. He, yeah, I don't, other than that, I don't know a whole hell of a lot, okay. but I didn't, I, mean, I, I liked him. I popped up his Wikipedia page. He's one of the founding members of Stomp Down Killa's Hip Hop Collective. 2010, he became a member of 100 Mad Hip Hop Collective. Founded by Fedro Star and Sticky Fingers. Great oh, name. Oh, I know Sticky Fingers. I've got Queens, some tracks by him. Uh, Queens, New York. Uh, he's also the founder, president, and CEO of Stealth Bomb Records. He grew up in Maple Ridge, British Columbia. Hmm. One of the boys. Yeah, so just, you know, he is Caucasian, it appears. I mean, he's, he's, he's got a few <laughs> albums out, definitely. One, one, two, three, four, five, six. So he got eight albums out. On a few on Stealth Bomb, Camel Bear Records, Low Pressure Fried Chicken Records. I guess that's a thing. 
and then a few self-released stuff. Anyway, I guess, anyway, that's cool. I don't know, if you like Canadian rap, maybe somebody else we should check out or you should check out and then let us know if he's worth listening to. And another fun thing about, uh, I find especially, well, that I notice in Canadian hip hop is there's so much collab. Like there's so much working with different people and getting different sounds, which I think is the music industry, whatever sub genres, whatever the fuck I'm trying to say should do that. Like, you know who does that? all the time and who will sing with anyone John Legend. I'm gonna sound like a middle-aged white woman here. I think that's fantastic. He can croon with any <laughs> motherfucker anytime. He he. I heard him in an interview once, and he was like, "I will collaborate with anyone. You never know what it's gonna bring you." He goes, "I say yes to everything," and he's like, "Some crazy sounds get made," and I think that's awesome. And I I just noticed that a lot when I was you know reading through the hip hop, and you can even see it on the album, like it's featuring these eight guys and featuring these three people or this dj colossal beasts has three canadians on it yeah i think it's cool i think it's so great to invite people in to play with your sound or bring a different vibe or i you know good good for you i think that's cool I think that's one of the things that the rap industry in general has done really well because in like white people music in sort of stereotype you end up with like a duets record where it's like elton john with like a 15 track cd or release and it's like he's singing one song with dolly parton and then he's singing one song with shania twain and he's singing one song or he's you know doing a song with eminem or something like that you and i had exactly the same thought at the same time i'll take a diet um but it's like kind of like it's like that's sort of how like our stereotypical white like boomer music kind of works where they do like duets and here it's like i find in rap music as much as it's sort of a trope where it's like featuring six people it's like well whose song is it they all bring a really cool thing and it's it makes the albums more interesting definitely especially as someone that focuses mostly on the the backtrack yeah it's like where are they bringing what are these djs bringing and it's interesting because i find the older i get the more i start liking djs and how they mix music and take vocal tracks from other songs and play them on other on other backing tracks or other samples and I like them a lot, a lo- quite a lot more than I like those sort of YouTube like mashups that people do. Mm-hmm. Those I think are clever, but I like DJ music a lot. I think it's something that I wish I could do. Me too. I have always wanted to DJ. Me too. And yeah, the older I get, the more I like that music. And we'll have to definitely do some DJ deep dives on the podcast coming up. Or the three of us can start Absolutely. making music because we all think we're DJs. So that would be pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very funny. We got we'll this. We'll see. We'll... I can. Yeah, I don't have any <laughs> I just uh, want to you. cut in every sample of every old song I've ever heard and just create new life with it. <laughs> that's what ra- a lot of rap does, and that's why I love it. The, all of them bring back like 50s, 60s, 70s yeah. soul music into their stuff, and that stuff is so awesome, and it makes the song. That's the fun part about, I find, when you know, you're know you sort of naturally at our age exposed to modern music, quote-unquote. It's, it's, it's not modern music anymore. But when you like hear it, like, I think we talked about in the podcast before how like Will Smith's music is primarily stevie wonder songs (laughs) and stuff like that like i remember you know i've gone i've done a few deep dives into like funk music from time to time just for fun and 
And I remember I've, I've mentioned Kobe before, my old coworker Kobe on the podcast, and I'd play these like old funk tracks and stuff at work, and he'd be like, "This is what they used on this song or that song or something." Like he'd he'd recognize so much of it from from rap songs that he listened to, and it's really cool how it's it's not quite the wild wild west which it was a will smith reference yeah got it it's not it's not the wild rest <laughs> it's not the wild west that it was back in the days before samples had to be paid for right but it's cool how they'll grab a hook and and use it and how it's actually influenced pop music a lot like you think of that madonna song that has the abba loop in it and how the song wouldn't be that good if it didn't have that in it like whatever that song is is that Gimme Gimme by ABBA or something? I, don't know. I have no idea. But I, I don't know. <laughs> I should know that, but I No, don't. but I think I think that sampling and looping and and bringing that stuff back and doing something new. I that is so fun. I would love to not be so technologically stupid to figure that out. Yeah. I found I found out more about Ray Charles because I listened to Ludacris's Georgia song. And then I found out it was his song originally and then i drove i went backwards and just started to listen to all of ray charles yeah, after nice. that but that's still like one of my favorite rap songs georgia yeah by yeah Chris. i looked it up uh madonna did use gimme 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 by abba in the song hung up oh my god i love that song okay i don't know anything about abba to be honest sorry everyone What I can tell you about ABBA is that they don't let anyone sample their music and Madonna had to personally write a letter to them begging to use that. And they basically were like, yes, the song wouldn't sound good without it, so go ahead. Oh, interesting. But that was the situation. Yeah, ABBA's one of those bands where they're just like, I don't care. Go fuck yourself. You're not using our music and you're bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I feel like might be crusty if these young whippersnappers were trying to rip into my masterpiece. God (laughs) damn it. Yeah, it's true. It's you. It's I think it's it's one of those things where it like hinges on you want your music to be presented in the way that you wanted it to originally. Right. But on the other hand, it's that it's almost like selling your music to commercials. It's payday. Right. And I'm pretty sure ABBA's just doing just fine. fine with their Magic 100 appearances. Oh, I'm sure they are. And, and their Mama whatever Mia I was going to say, aren't there movies in... I was, I was supposed to be in the Mamma Mia musical. Thank God it got canceled. Um, not the movie, the musical happening in a small town that... Okay. Community yeah. theater. Musical. Not yes. just community theater, community musical theater. Yes. That's right. Big up to you, boy. Musical <laughs> theater. <laughs> he DJs. He hangs with old people. He does community musical theater. That's yeah. right. He listens to gangster rap. Well-rounded. Benjamin. (laughs) Well, folks, kind of about that time when we do final thoughts and talk about what's happening next week. Okay. Songbird, anyone? No, I never got through the whole album on it as one thing. Yeah, (laughs) same. Well, you know what? Go for it. (laughs) I've been kind of wondering if Songbird should die, if I'm honest. We don't have them too often. Yeah. But if you got one, hit me. Uh, no, it's funny. Mine was actually like the final song. <laughs> which, it's not a songbird. It's not it's really not a, a fucking song. That's a whole different conversation no, we've had before no. about the last so, songs. Yeah. Well, yeah. But other than that, I've listened to this like probably 30 times all the way through. Because when I was getting ready for the concerts, I would pre-game <laughs> by listening to 
all of, all of it a hundred times. Yeah, so I've heard it a lot, and I bought the album at the concert, the actual CD, which had beautiful, crazy artwork on it. It was all done by local BC artists. Is and the stuff, artwork that is, is the one they were selling at their concerts? Is it different artwork than they show on Spotify? Did they have like a special edition that you got? Yeah, mine had like a a, th- a pullout that had like oh, a poster. Oh, cool. God, I miss I miss album art. That's fun, right? That's fun. That's not something. Yeah, and it was only ten bucks because I bought it at the concert. Right? Man, did I love to curl up with the liner notes and read the lyrics as you know with your fresh, crisp either cassette or CD. I really do miss that. Yeah, remember how disappointing it was when you'd shell out the 20 bucks for a CD, you'd pull that booklet out and you'd feel it's like a nothing yes, there. Yes, the worst. That was the biggest disappointment. And then every once in a while you get one that was like almost so thick that it didn't fit and you'd be like, oh baby. Yeah. And it was that like cool fun. photos and random shit and you're like, oh, I'm hanging out with my artist right now. This is so Yeah, cool. like liner notes and lyrics and yeah. yeah, every once in a while you'd get one. I, I liked Offspring did that quite well. Offspring had cool like artwork and had all their yeah. shit. I remember that. I don't think I ever, I never bought an Offspring CD, so I can't speak to that one way or the other, but I'll take the word for it. <laughs> Anybody got any final thoughts on this album? Ben, I think you sort of covered it. You lo- you know, you love it. You, you're a big Swollen Members fan. You listen to this album constantly. Angie, you got anything? Uh, no, I don't think I have anything to add. I just uh, want to listen to Bring It Home all the time. Yeah. I, I think my, my final thoughts are it's got a lot of really cool backing tracks. I think if you're somebody that likes rap music for our, especially our listeners in the in the US, if you like rap music and you don't know who Swole members are, this is like, they're good. There's nothing about this album I didn't yeah. like. It's just not my kind of music, but I wasn't like, I'm mad that I have to listen to this. It was like, every time I put it on, I'm like, right on, this is gonna be good. And you know, I listened to it in the car and I'd be like inadvertently just like, you know, jamming out, shaking my head or, you know, whatever. Like, it's not bad, it's good. It's just me as somebody that's really inexposed to rap. It's something I struggle to connect with. Yeah. But I think if you're a rap fan and you haven't heard Swollen Members before, this is a perfectly good album to check out. 100%. Excellent pitch. Absolutely. So that being said, Angie, it's your turn. Yeah, I uh, totally forgot about this. But (laughs) last night I... I don't know what I was doing, but I came across the fact that there is um, a short docu-series on National Geographic coming out at the end of this month on the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin. Oh. And they have released a new remastered best of, best of album that I just happened to come across last night. So here we go. The genius of Aretha Franklin. We're going there. Best of? Yep. Genius. Okay. Oh, yeah, from 2021. Okay. Yeah, I see it on Spotify. Cool. I'm here for it. Okay. 15 songs, 51 minutes. I can do it. Yeah, it's longer. I made you guys listen to two albums. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Payback. (laughs) Payback. Okay. Sweet. I'm here for it. Do you guys need me again next? It's up to you. Honestly, I can't extend a permanent invite to you because the plan is for Stephen to return. I'm more than happy. Oh, absolutely. I'm just happy to fill in when uh, when need be. That's all. Yeah. If you want to come back and add to the conversation, 100%. Sweet. I'd be happy to. Sounds great. I know you're an Aretha fan. 
uh, biggest. Yeah. Huge. Well, then you got to do it, man. You got to come back. <laughs> Respect. Oh, you know? man. Respect. Can't wait to talk about Ooh. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my God. It's my favorite. You're uninvited. <laughs> Fair. Alana, shout out. All right. Okay. Well, that's it. We did Swollen Members. We did one of their albums anyway. Check it out. Sounds dirty. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I do not currently have a Swollen Member. I'm just... <laughs> Just having an evening. <laughs> well, on, just on that note, and scene, <laughs> and scene, it's gone, it's gone horribly wrong for me here at the very end, as often is the case. <laughs> so, thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Life to Labyrinth podcast. Theme music by Devin Rose. Find Devin on Bandcamp or any streaming service. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Life Number Two Labyrinth. <laughs>